Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome again to another episode of the T.K. Kirkland show, the T.K. Kirkland podcast. You know, I travel this great world. I meet great motherfucking people, people doing interesting things and all levels of life. And today, I bring you a gentleman who is the writer of some of the most phenomenal books. Well, Such you people are uh, amazing, amazing book readers. All right, um, Jacobus Coleman, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a round of applause. Um, done a lot of great work out here. So, Jacobus, I, hear, I understand that you have a, a book coming out. Um, you've been um, wrote books like The Dopeman's Wife, et cetera, et cetera, and now you have a new one. Can you explain us and talk to us about it? Yeah, so I got a new book. It actually comes out tomorrow. It's oh, called it. Yeah, perfect, perfect, man. It's called uh, The Streets Have No Queen, right? Okay, right. Yeah, and it's about a man. He uh, he lost his wife, so he's coping with that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he, he's going to therapy to sort these things out. And one night, he gets a knock at his door, right? Right. And you, you know the he came up from the bottom, so he finally moved away from everything dark, everything, um, you know, hood-worthy, man. He really, you know, made it. So when he answered the door, it's a young lady with a crying baby. She got the baby wrapped up real tight. Right. And um, she told him, it's, you know, her car broke down down the road. He lets her in. When he turns around, he gets a two-by-four to the head. Right? Right. So the lady drops the baby that's wrapped up in his blanket, but it's not a baby. It's a speaker box. It's a speaker box with a recording of a baby. Right. So she lets her boyfriend in. They take over his house for 24 hours. Okay. And um, all the drama goes down in that house. I can't tell you what happened. Right. But it's, it's, it's some of my best work, man. So 24 hours, two intruders, and the ex doughboy in the house. Phenomenal. Oh. Now, Phenomenal. How get, now, how do you get inspired for your your book? Now, ladies, this is a New York best-selling author, um, numerous awards around the world and in the in the writing world. And so, I, you know, I see that you have things like the the Carter Three, the Streets Kings, um, the Cartel Six, the Demise, the, the, the Days yeah. of Streets. The, um, the stiletto agreement, which is I like that. The dope yeah, land, yeah. Um, dope man um, memoirs. Like, where do you get your inspiration from? And then we'll talk about um, some other things about with your wife and how, to me, because I've known you on a, on, on a certain level, how you balance everything out, which I think is phenomenal. Um, I appreciate that, man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, T man, I, I came from Flint, Michigan, man, mm-hmm. and um, I had a rough upbringing, but okay. that doesn't make me special, man, because everybody from the ghetto they have that same type of story, right? Right. So I've been through shit. My parents been through shit, drug addiction, mm-hmm. foster homes, selling dope, you know, dodging the feds. Right. I used to, you know, I, I did this all before I was 18, and I used to just ask God, like, yo, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. All the trouble always follows me. But when I got older and I started writing, 
and I could write from a thorough, real perspective, and my right. was authentic, then I understood why I went through all that. Right. Because I was yeah. just getting the game and the seeds that was planted when I was young, going through all the bullshit, it turned into trees later when I became a writer, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an awesome feeling. Now, is your parents off drugs and is your mom and dad still alive? Yeah, yeah, they're still alive. They're uh-huh. still alive. Yeah, and um, everything's good. Everything's good, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, what, what I also admire you that you work so much, but then you find time to bounce out. You take trips to Rome, take trips to Cuba, you yeah. take trips to Hawaii. You know, you treat the wife very, very special. Yeah. And I just think that awesome. Like, what, what, what inspires you? Then, how do you keep it fresh like that, yo? Well, you know what, man. I, I saw so much bullshit in my life. You know, I think it's time to see the beautiful things. So, mm-hmm. you know, my wife is a writer as well. Right. So the great thing about being a writer, you can take your work anywhere. Right. So we we take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every month we go to. Cuba, Rome, Italy. We'll be right. in Paris in like two weeks. We right. just travel the world and write, and that gives us thorough perspective, and it just opens our mind up, you know what I'm saying? So we love to travel the world while we write, you know? Right. It's one of the only jobs you can just take on the road with you, man, so I just take full advantage of it. Right. Now, you when know. you travel, how do you handle the kids? Like, do the kids go with you? Does yeah. they babysit for you? you have a nanny? But well, my son, man, he he's well traveled as well because I right. never want to rob him of those experiences. Mm-hmm. So we try to do every other trip our son goes with us. So my son has been to many, many places. We just took him to Aruba. Right. He went to Jamaica with us, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to take him to Cuba with us because it is not developed yet. You know, so he, he skipped that one. Right, but, right, right. Man, I, you know, I try to man, I try to sprinkle. Um, that travel life into my son's DNA, man. So when he gets older, he's not scared of the world. Right. You know, because yeah, some so. people that have never been to the airport, fam. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you think I'm bullshitting. I remember one yeah. time here in Iowa and I, uh, to, I did a show and then I met some people there and I was like, Hey, can you give me a ride to the airport tomorrow? The guy yeah. actually came to pick me up at the hotel. And when yeah. I got in the car, he said, how do I get to the airport? And it happened to me again today in Miami. I went to Miami for just a day to do some shopping. And okay. the girl in the Uber was trying to actually really read the uh, Uber thing to get to Miami. She said she just stayed on me in South Beach in Brickell, but she never goes to the airport. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> and I just want people not just to listen to your, your stories about your book and your kid. Still, also try to find time to enjoy this life. I don't care if you got to get on a plane, just go for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Try to get on the plane. I see grown women sometimes, right? And yeah. grown men going to the airport crying because they don't want to go through the metal detector thing. Like, literally <laughs> crying like paranoid. I'm not trying to make fun of it. I just think that if they started traveling at a young age or sooner, they would have overcame their fear. Now, another thing I think is awesome is that you and your wife, at least this to me, I'm not sure that's why I got action. Yeah. There's no competition between y'all. And it is, it's friendly competition. You know, sometimes you could be with your mate 
And sometimes the other person is jealous of the other person's success. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys balance that energy out beautifully. Yeah, man. Well, well, you see, T, like, I've been with my wife since I was 15 years old, man. Wow, okay. She, She was in the streets with me. Right. She was through the bad part, so the good part we enjoy, man. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you a story, man. Uh-huh. Like, and, and I'm gonna tell you this one. I figured out, you know, I had a real one. Right. And I don't care what you say, man. Like when you get a real person, mm-hmm. you tuck them and you keep them close, because in this lifetime, man, you might run past one or two male or female in your whole life. So I found mine early, so I tucked it close, and I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Now, I was in the streets, right? And I used to have this thing where we used to say, yo, fuck the tens, fuck the fives, fuck the ones we giving at the wifey. Right. So that was my way of, you know, trying to impress her. So I, I make a move, <clears throat> shoot a swerve. I come and give her my fives and ones. Right. You know, I did that for about two summers, right? Right. And I remember one time I went and made a play and the nigga sold me some drywall tea. I've been there. You know, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three whole things of drywall. Now, mind you, this all the money I had. Right. So I came back home, man. I'm I'm devastated. And I told her, like, man, listen, man, this nigga pulled a you know pulled a move on me. I got to the crib. It was all drywall. I'm I'm paranoid I, at this time because I'm owing niggas. You know how it go. Yes, sir. So she disappeared to the back room, came back with a shoebox, and said, "Hey, I just put this up for you, like." All the fives, all the ones, all the tens. She put me back on my feet. My woman put me back on my feet. She wasn't hustling. She wasn't doing nothing. She wasn't doing nothing but being loyal, seeing right. the long term, making right. a play for me. Once I found out she thought like that, she became my partner. Right. So me, we never had that competition because we business partners. When it's her time to shine, I become her secretary. I become right. her assistant. When it's my time to shine, she becomes my secretary and my assistant. Mm-hmm. And we just, we bust some checks down together like we used to bust some other things down together. You hear me? Right. So it's a beautiful thing, man. Now, I got a creative thought, and I'm going to shoot this to you. And okay. I got the next book for you. You ready? Okay. I got call you. It, call it Fives and One. All right. All right. And it's about her going to the, get the shoebox. To bring you the fives and ones to get you back on your feet. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think fives it's awesome. and ones. Yeah, fives and ones. All right, nigga, I owe you a bottle for that, man. We got to talk <laughs> offline. We're going to get some money with that one. <laughs> I'm going to send you, you know? a bottle for that one, T. Yeah, fives and ones. I'm telling you, that's a hit. Yeah, there you go. I'm there telling you, that's a hit. Oh, man, that is crazy. So now, yeah. what are your. Put your books and your your money with the wife and everything and how you guys handle things extremely well. Um, what's your vision? What's your, your future plan? Because some people don't think down the road. Like, you already know how I think, and not too many people yeah. think the way I do. So yeah. I want to know, like, what, 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 what are your intentions other than the stuff that we got going on? We don't have to talk about that. I want this to be all about. <laughs> no, I see, man. You know, man, we, me and you think alike, man. That's why we getting this money together. That's why we business partners, man. And I respect right. that, man. So, so me and you on the same wavelength, man. So we think the same. Yes, so, sir. you know, even with the books, man, you know, I wrote 45 books. 
Right. right. 45 all together. Yeah. So now we got to deal with Warner Brothers, and we also got a first look deal with NBC Universal. Right. And um, we got a we got a big announcement coming, man, at the end of the year, where one of our hit sh- I mean, one of our hit books is becoming a TV show. Okay. And, um, Ooh. one of the top ten rappers of all time. I can't say the name right now. Right. Top ten of all time. He gonna be executive producing and, and starring in it. Right. So, you know, and, and we got a good company behind us, a a, a great company, Alcon. You know, okay. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, what made you write your first book? Like, what was your? Yeah. How did you come up with the idea for your first book? And what made you want to write? That's well, really yeah, man. Well, I had a um, <clears throat> I had an elementary teacher, man. Right, her name was Mildred Robinson. And you know, team, I used to get in trouble in school all the time, man. You know, I was talking and. You know, just just doing little kid shit, man. I always used to get right. kicked out of school. So um, I was, like, in third grade, and the teacher went to the principal, and she told the principal, stop kicking that boy out. Instead of kicking him out, let him stay in my class for in-school suspension. Mm-hmm. Now, she, she knew I had a drug-addicted mother, so she was just trying to keep me out of the house and, you know, in school where I get a meal and, you know, look after, right? Okay. So... Between the grades of, you know, third grade to sixth grade, I stayed in this English class. And, you know, I just soaked up all the game. And she used to just make me do writing assignments. I used to think she was being mean, but she was actually molding me to be a writer. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. later on in life, and I, and I never got a chance to thank her, um, she passed um, a couple years ago. But her name was Mildred Robertson. And she just gave me the game, man. She made me write so many essays. And mind you, I'm in third grade, but I'm doing sixth grade work. And I thought right. it was so hard. But when I got of age, I was writing on a college level. And um, it really, really helped me out, man. So, you know, when I became a writer, it started flowing. You okay. Know, flow. All right. Flow. Yeah, that's good, yo. Because, you yeah. know, a lot of people don't know I'm dyslexic. So it takes me twice mm-hmm. as long to write shit. So... Mm-hmm. When I put out things out one way and write it on a piece of paper, it looks totally different. So then I got to do my creativity and, and say things totally different. Though. So I'm always impressed by writers to do your thing. Um, now, with that, now how did your wife start writing? Okay, even though y'all was yeah. getting the, the so-called bag together, how did you inspire her to be a writer? Well, she already had that as well because you've been together since she was 15. You, you, you guys are blue by the hip. Yeah, man. So what happened was um, I was 16 years old and um, I got emancipated. So I, I was living on my own. And okay. Emancipated me where you don't got no legal guardian, where the judge lets you, you know, go out and get your own apartment. Right. So she moved in with me. And you know me, man. You know, we was young, man. And I got her pregnant, T. I got right. her pregnant, and um, she has something that's called an eptopic pregnancy. And that's right. when the right. baby gets – well, an eptopic pregnancy is when the baby gets stuck in the fallopian tube, so they had to abort the baby. And she wow. had to have surgery to do that, right? Right. So she was bedridden for four to six weeks. And if you know my wife, man, she's very, very strong, energetic. Right. And at this time, man, she was crying. I couldn't get her to stop crying, man. I tried to get her mind off of it. So what I did, I said, yo, 
Let's have a competition. Let's see who can write the best book. Mind you, I know she got to stay in this bed for four to six weeks. I'm trying to get her mind off of it. Right. I'm playing on her competitive nature because my wife is a shark. She's very competitive. Right. So when I said, yo, let's make, you know, let's make a bet. Whoever can write the best book, you know, and she said, okay, bet. She said, nigga, I have to write a better book than you. So we both started writing the book. I go out in the streets, do my thing. She be at home writing. When I come home, I start writing, and I leave my book there. Now, one day I was out on the block, right? Mm-hmm. And she she called me and said, yo, your shit is the best shit I ever read. I said, <laughs> I said really? She said, nigga, I swear to God, if you put this character in my book and I put this character in yours and we do this, I said, yo, when I get home, we own it. I got right. home that night. T-, T, I got home later that night. Yo, we stayed in the house for 10 days straight, and we wrote our first book. Right. So I like think that, about it, yeah. man. Right. I like that. You I know? like that. And, um, you know, she got over the the little, you know, right. the little streak she had. Mm-hmm. She forgot about it. She was so busy inside the book, and we just bonding, kicking it, writing this book, man. You know? And she was like, yo, when it was done, she was like, yo, we got something. She right. it out. You know, I'm still in the street. I ain't really caring. I'm getting money in the street. She's like, yo, we got five offers. And, you know, the, you know, the rest is history, man. Now, you know, how been, do you go about yeah. getting your book seen by the right people for the listeners who are writing and don't know how to go about doing this? Well, listen, man, I'm always looking for writers. I'm always looking to help people. So they can always contact me, but this is 15 years ago, man. What we did, we went to the bookstore, we flipped the book around, and they used to have the publisher's um, email address, number, and address. Right. We made we made a press kit. We typed it up. We sent it to every single publisher in the country, okay. old school. Sent them a package, and you know, five reached back. You know, five reached back. On five, five reached back. Yeah, yeah. Five different publishers okay. contacted us back and said they wanted to give us a deal. Right. Now, the other day I was watching your Instagram, and I saw yeah. that you had some of your books wrapped up. Now, yeah. sometimes you put your stuff in stores, or do you sell it direct to consumer yourself? Well, all my books are in stores, like Walmart, Target, Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million. You can get them in all the stores, but with this new book, my fan base is big enough where I can go straight to the consumer. I like now, that. We'll be in, yeah, we'll be in stores, but I'm going to stagger it. I'm going to wait a month, and I'm gonna, I'm just cutting out the middleman, T. Right, like, right. You know, yeah, I'm know. on some shit like, fuck, fuck the middleman. We're going straight right. to the source. The people can get it straight from me, and then once that slow down, we'll put it in the stores. Right. Then we'll let everybody eat. And, ladies and gentlemen, I knew that that's what he was doing. The reason why I brought that up, what I want to share with you guys, it's something in the, in the 80s and 90s when I was in this entertainment business. And I was, I, and I know everybody. You hear me? And I say, I know everybody. I know everybody. And even though people love me, I never got over that motherfucking hump, Quavo. I never got what I really thought. So I knew back then to fall back and to let things happen organically now, did I know what was going to happen 20-something years later? No. 
But what happened 20-something years later is social media, the Internet, the world changed. And now you don't have to go find nobody in Hollywood or in a publishing business. You really can do it yourself and get paid. And I remember being on this panel and people were asking me about the entertainment business. They want to do movies. And I never give people the answer they want to hear. But they say, oh, I want to do film. I said, oh, here's the thing. I don't think you should go into the entertainment business. And they say, why? I said, because if I was a professor and you was a student, I, I would say to you, can you do a research paper for me and let me know the statistics of Afro-American people working in the TV and film industry? It will break your motherfucking heart. So I always try to tell people, go a route that you are in control of your own destiny. Because, see, that means so much to me. You see how me and you live? We wake up when we want to. We ain't got an answer to nobody. And I hate that I see people sometimes who got to get up every fucking day, drive the same way every day for 20, 30-something years, or people who can't keep a job because they don't like somebody telling them what to do or you something happened to your car or something happened with your wife or husband and you can't get to the job. But if you was running your own business right out of your motherfucking house, mm-hmm. yo, am I you can run it right out of your house. Absolutely. And not even move. And this is the reason why I tried to, ladies and gentlemen, bring men of this stature, women of this stature to you to inspire you. I don't care if you're in the street corners of Germany or in, in, in a basement and an apartment building, all the way to Tokyo, all the way to motherfucking um, Rome, to, to my fans out there, I want you guys to understand that you, you, you could think you could cut out the middleman and create your own bag, create your own lane to eat, to live, to take care of your family. But everybody's not going to be so lucky, so that means you're disciplined got to be out cold. Absolutely. You, you feel what I'm saying, Quavo? Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people don't have that motherfucking discipline. Or yeah. they, these guys get a little money, and they want to fuck all the time. And and see, nobody's going to get lucky like you. You got your girl pregnant, but a lot of things fell in order. Yeah. Sometimes that don't happen to people. You guys, sometimes you got to travel by yourself and move light. To get what you want, you know, because on the other flip side, once you get a family, my my my, my advice to men and women, now you got to take care of that child because these kids are growing up because these kids, the parents are neglecting them because you are chasing the bag. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. And that's what I try to do. We try to get people inspired to um, to achieve and to do your own thing. So here's my other thing, um, Mr. Coleman. I call him Quavo, ladies and gentlemen. Because me and him have been friends for over three or four years now, believe it or not. We took our time getting to know each other. Uh, we met through uh, a few people, Charlemagne the Guy, and my yeah. other man that was a producer of my T.K. Kirkland podcast. And I hope he's doing well, too. Shout out to him. Yeah, and, Mena. That's my guy. Yeah, Mena. yeah. I'm in the doing, by the way. 
Um, last time I talked to him, he was doing good, man. He's a good dude, real genuine. Yeah, he's a good dude. His situation yeah. got better as well. Yeah, yeah, he, he Gucci, man, and I met him through Taxstone. Yeah, you know, they all solid people, man. Right, right. Yeah, and that was my one of my. That's how I really started getting in the podcast game too, believe it or not, because Charlemagne and them have been after me for two years to do it. And I didn't want to do that shit, Quavo. I was like, man, yeah. fuck that, because I didn't yeah. even know what it was. I was calling it the iPod. You know, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these niggas want me to do this iPod shit. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that shit is. And everywhere I was going, it was inspiring people. And when I went on, on the Breakfast Club for the first time, the numbers were so amazing that I didn't know people was going to follow me like that. And that's when they reached out to ATK and did that. And then I went on tax. Me and him hit it off so cold. That I really wish I'd have got into listening to other people's shows to understand his mindset because they wanted me to be his mentor in a sense. And we was close, and I didn't take the time to try to sway him the other way if I'd have known his personality. I was just too busy doing my own thing. And shout out to Tax. And then the other one was my man, X, X and Sensation, who was my man. And, um, yeah. Who passed away a year after a month after I did my special. Yeah, so Pentacion. Yeah, yeah, good dude, yeah. yo. Yeah. You know, so this, this this business you run across so many people doing so many amazing things and like I said, I was thinking about you and I saw that and out of nowhere you popped into my head about let me do the interview with Chiquavis Coleman. That's his name, ladies. That's his name, ladies and gentlemen. Chiquavis Coleman from Flint, Michigan. Now, um, Mr. Coleman, tell the people they wanted to send you something well, and try to get on. How do you go about it? Oh, you're not interested? You tell me. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm open, man. Just across all social media, it's real Jaquavis. Real Jaquavis, R-E-A-L. Jaquavis, J-A-Q-U-A-V-I-S. Just holler at me, you know. If I can't help you, I'll point you in the right direction. And here's the thing, too, ladies and gentlemen. Have your packet, your situation together. Don't be DMing him. Talk about, oh, I got, this, I got the same story with you, same as you, and all that. I don't want to listen to me. When, when I put you guys on to people, y'all can't be coming with the sucker shit is basically what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come with that soft shit. Like, have your shit right. Have your spelling your words right. Have a true story right. Don't send no six fucking paragraphs in the DM. Short and sweet. Give the man time to read them, because just like me, he's a very, 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 very busy man. And I also want to give a shout-out to our credit lady, um, Cheryl Anderson. And you already know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. I talk to you guys about it every week. But what's been bothering me about Cheryl Anderson, I've been noticing you guys on my Instagram. When she reaches out to you, you're asked her the same fucking questions every time. Like, you know, and I didn't really want to come hard on them, Quavo. You know, I didn't really want to do it. But they're making me mad because I'm, I'm bringing you guys something that's so powerful and y'all playing around. So I need y'all to start taking your fucking credit seriously, or if you ain't going to take it seriously, do not bother that woman. I'm going to repeat it. Do not fucking bother her. 
You can reach us um, 678 All right? If you're tired of living with bad credit and struggling to make ends meet, that's the woman for you to call. And she hires people to do a job to help other people with their credit. How fucking easy is that? Then we got, you know, I'm so busy, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to show some, share something with y'all. Um, I don't know why I want to say January. so damn bad. But September 5th, I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado. All right? Special engagement. You just got to make sure that you come through. Denver, Colorado at um, 730. Yeah, one night only. And the only reason why I could do one night, believe it or not, I make more money one night than most comedians do the whole weekend. But I'm so busy that I can only slide to Denver on this one particular date and get in and get right out. And then just follow me on my Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland to see all the show dates. Um, we're going to make that announcement now because as we move on, as from East this week on, situations get bigger in our lives. November 4th, we dropped in the Hoover Asia special. Ladies and gentlemen, put your seatbelts on. Because when I say to you, this motherfucker special is not like no other. It ain't like no other comic. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a street ministry slash hustler type approach to the world. And I just want you to sit back, accept it for what it is, because we got many more dropping after this. Many more. So November 4th, put that down on your calendar on Amazon Prime. Um, also, we just I just launched a new clothing line last Monday. I was going to wait, but I had to go through Atlanta. Atlanta, they love me so much, I had to launch it. And it's on redbubble.com. Just put in um, T. Kirkland merch and get your Who Raised Your Hoodies. Who raised you on um, um, mugs? I got um, leggings with the picture of my um, special right there on your leg. I got shower curtains. When I say I got it all, and I wasn't playing. I got people <laughs> <laughs> put me on. I got um, gangster going legit. Um, play to play a pimp to pimp. Like I got all the stuff. Just take a look at it. Purchase something. Tell your friends about it. It's about to be big. I'm truly excited about it because it took me 20-something years to do it my way. And my one of my ways is I don't have to carry 100 fucking hoodies with me from city to city. And when I get there, I don't have your size. This way with redbubble.com, you put in T. Kirkland merch, the shit comes right to your door. And check out sometimes for the um, special discounts. They have um, sometimes 20, 30% discounts um, that you could order. So check it out. But to my lady fans who truly are behind and spending money, um, go get you something. I truly appreciate the support and love. But today is about this brother who drops his book tomorrow. Can you give him the name one more time, Mr. Colton? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's called the, the Streets Have No Queen. Yep, the streets have no queen, man. It'll be out everywhere, man. You can go to um you can go to my page, it's the link in the bar. You can go to Amazon dot com or um any Walmart in America. It's there. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the great Jaquavis Coleman. You know how we do it. We do our thing around the world. We bring some of the greatest people on earth um, right there to your eardrums. On that note, Mr. Quavo, Mr. Coleman, to the world, may your pain be champagne. May God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Talk to you next week. Salute. God bless. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more. Visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.